You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Saturday Omaha. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. You know, as much as they say they're learning from me, I'm learning a lot from them. Hey, it's Dave Zorko here with Saturday Omaha. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Chef Jamil Batraore of the nonprofit House of Ba and Chef Brian O'Malley of Metropolitan Community College Culinary Institute. These two gentlemen were MC, that would be Brian O'Malley, and head chef, teacher, instructor of House of Ba, Chef Jamil Batraore, and they were the facilitators of the culinary capstone dinner for House of Ba. I was very blessed to attend this event and enjoy a six-course meal from 10 chefs that brought their home country cuisine to our table, presented in a fine dining format, uh, food from Malawi, Syria, Morocco, Benin, Sudan, and Jordan. The food that was presented was wonderful, (laughs) Um, as you'll hear in our voices as we describe it. The greater piece of this also was the connection that the chefs made with the diners through food. One of the missions that Chef Jamil Batraore has with House of Ba is normalizing African cuisine for the American palate, making things feel familiar. He has mentioned that there are sometimes venues and uh, places that won't allow immigrant chefs to cook food from their home countries. There was a lot of learning as many diners had not had this food before. There was a lot of learning from the chefs in their experience with presenting something that maybe was typically served family style, but now presenting that in a fine dining fashion, adapting seasonings or sauces or proteins to ingredients more commonly found uh, in the Midwest. The discussion that you'll hear here, again, part two, going through the dishes on the list, talking about the experiences and, and the flavors behind these dishes. If you missed part one of the show, I would definitely recommend you check that out as well. This is a very impactful meal for a number of reasons. And also, before we kick off part two of this episode, you might be wondering, well, where can I get African food in Omaha? Okra African Grill owner is Chef Nina Soji. We've had her on the show. She's absolutely wonderful. This is a great way to try a lot of things. You can build a bowl. You can pick your base, like something like jollof rice, which if you're familiar with like a Spanish or Mexican rice, kind of a tomato-based sauce and rice, it's delicious. And you can add uh, your choice of protein. I like the kebabs a lot. They have a, a little bit of heat to them. Um, you can select uh, sauce, tomato sauce, or uh, Chef Nina's peanut butter sauce. All sorts of good things here. You can get fufu here, uh, which is a pounded yam. All sorts of good stuff. Great place to stop at. They are at 608 South 72nd Street in Omaha. And then Lalabella. Uh, They are an Ethiopian restaurant. We've talked about the wonderful food there on the show as well. You can find Lalabella at 4422 Cass Street in Omaha. And here, I, I would recommend getting the sampler plate. Uh, the combination plate, 
The food is served on a sourdough called injera, which is made of a ingredient called teff commonly. And this is just a wonderful presentation and a wonderful way to eat food. Uh, <laughs> the bread is very flat, has little, little holes in it. And the combination plate is going to have various proteins on there, as well as vegetables, uh, including wat, which is a stew. Uh, Dora wat, I think, is what is served on the combination plate, um, along with tibs, another protein there. And then uh, salad, greens, a uh, little side of lentils. And the way you eat this is you rip a piece of that injera and grab your food with the bread and then eat your food. So uh, no, no forks required. I can guarantee you, if you get this combination plate, uh, you are going to have a very, very full tummy. Uh, this is a great way to experience a lot of dishes all at once. Just a wonderful place. Also, uh, two spots that, uh, honestly, I haven't tried yet. So maybe you give them a try and then contact us, uh, DM Fatterday Omaha or email us at fatterdayomaha at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Uh, Lucy Ethiopian Coffee, this is uh, a little bit of a newer spot. They're actually kind of close to Lalabella, uh, 421 North Saddle Creek Road. Give them a shot, see how they are, and let us know. The other one serves Mediterranean, East African, Somali dishes, and that is Huyo's Kitchen and Grocery. They are also similarly close to Lalabella at 1016 Northwest Radial Highway. They are tucked back a little bit in the strip mall area that they are in, so you may have to search them out just a little bit. Uh, again, I have not been there yet, so please give them a go. Let me know what you think. Just a reminder to be adventurous. The ingredients that these cuisines use, whether that's Malawi, Syria, Morocco, Benin, Sudan, Jordan, these countries maybe you haven't been to, but the ingredients are going to have threads to things that you may be familiar with. And so I hope this episode will connect you with the food that myself and Chef Jamil Batraore and Chef Brian O'Malley experienced that night at the Culinary Capstone Dinner, which was the, the graduation, essentially, for uh, these 10 chefs, and definitely was an, an emotional evening through food. And uh, where we're going to pick this episode up on part two, we had just talked about the futali, which was a soup from Malawi. And that soup had uh, butternut squash, sweet potato, uh, yuca, yazi spice, uh, coconut cream. Those were kind of the ingredients there. So we had talked about that. But where we are going to pick it up is the second course, which was from Syria. And this dish is called the kibe. We're going to kind of pick it up with the uh, description. But if you were to look at a picture of this, and we'll, we'll get some photos up on our uh, social media there, you might think that it's an empanada. Uh, it's a stuffed fried dough and, frankly, was was delicious. So my thanks to Chef Jamil Batraore, the chefs that evening that got out of their comfort zone to help the diners get out of their comfort zone and through that process become comfortable with one another through food. 
wonderful evening from the House of Ba. So we're going to pick it up again with the uh, Kibbe. Uh, this is Dave Zorko here, and the voices that you're about to hear are Chef Jamil Batra-Ore and Chef Brian O'Malley. Here we go. It's almost like uh, a falafel. Sure. You know, but... A falafel meets a runza. Yeah. Uh-huh. Meets a spiced Ooh. loose meat sandwich. I, I would eat that any time and... Kind of sad they're not here right now. I would, I would 100% <laughs> eat one right now. Yes, chef. The thing with these two is I think many, many cultures have a pocket sandwich of yes. some type. Yes. This totally delivers on that feeling like, you know, we invoked, a, you know, like a runza or whatever. But man, if you don't... If you don't like some, you know, ground beef or ground ingredient of your choice and some fried bread, I mean, I mean, come on, it's, it's delicious, <laughs> right? It's fantastic, yeah. so good, so good. Okay, so third dish was from Morocco, yes, and a pastilla, and I'm, I'm saying that like it's yeah. like it's Spanish. pastilla. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Got my double L there. Yeah. I will tell you when I get to the ingredients here. This was the one that surprised me the most. This was the uh, chicken, orange blossom, almonds, raza hanout. And sugar. Yes. And that was the element that really threw me for a loop. So this came out and was cut in a very nice presentation of a square or rectangle, Mm -hmm. you know, single serving. Because, again, we're we're doing a tasting menu here. And it was topped with slivered almonds Mm -hmm. and uh, I believe was dusted actually with a little powdered sugar, if I recall. Yes. Where this one really just, I was like, whoa, was the sweet savory combination of we had like some uh, puff pastry or layer of dough mm-hmm. we had uh, a, a shredded or, or or diced chicken and then these almonds and the sugar and so you've got this savory combination but a definite sweetness now i yes. i love me some nashville hot chicken so i am used to some chicken sweet and heat mm-hmm. this did not have heat to yes. me yes it, um it did not but that savory and sweet combination like that was something I just had not encountered. So, uh, gentlemen, chefs, uh, do tell me your your kind of feelings on this dish and, and maybe how it came to be. Yeah. So, pastilla. I don't like pastilla. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I remember making it when I was uh, a metro with uh, Chef Soberg. Um, it, sure, takes Chef a l- it takes a lot of t- work to make pastilla. <laughs> It takes a lot of work to make pastilla because first of all, you gotta caramelize a lot of onions. Mm. You gotta caramelize a lot of onions. Use some saffrons, and then use your. Uh, uh, oh, was that where the yellow color was coming from? Was yes, the saffron. Said, yep. Ah. So you got saffron, onions, and then you build puff paste. You build these layers. Uh-huh. What you do with the meat, you know, the onion sauce, you know, you do the almond inside, mm-hmm. and before that, you have to cook the also uh, the chicken uh, all that with, with eggs. Combine bind them. So it's a lot of eggs. Oh, that's the binder for the Yes, oh, you okay. know, and uh, almond, you know, all kind of type of almond, right? Yeah. You, you shave almond, also use um, like your almond, raw almond that you uh, have to roast yourself together and then grind them again and add it. It takes a lot of time wow. to make pastilla. Yeah. But it's good. It's a really good thing to eat. It's also you know? very much a special occasion. Yes, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, in Morocco, or you know. like pastry shop. Yes. Thing, yes. That you would go get. Yeah. So it really was well done that night. Um, I, I had had similar uh, things before. I, I worked overseas and had a coworker, uh, fellow chef that had spent time in Tunisia. Yeah, yes. Okay. And so Tunisia, he Morocco, brought a lot Algeria. of those kind of yes. dishes uh, to bear. Yes. And so I was, it was in my like radar 
like in my understanding. I wasn't okay. good at it. I didn't know yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure, but it was yeah. Yeah. absolutely delicious that night. And uh, I, I will agree that sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze yes. on a dish like that, right? <laughs> that it takes on so much to pull together. Which is why there's kind of shops that do that. Yeah, like, yeah, like tamales, yeah. you, you better make 140 of them. Otherwise, there's, why uh, are you making tamales? Perfect example. Perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Like, no one says, I'm going to make four tamales. <laughs> right? Like, it's just not worth the energy. Right. Now, once you're making 400 tamales, well, now you're, you've got some uh, efficiency going. So, right. pastilla yes. has that. Then it will work, yes. That to braise out enough chicken to make one is... Oh, because it's and packed. The onion. Right. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's packing it. But it's a silly idea because now you're running a whole braise and just making a little bit. Like, you want to braise out enough chicken to make enough for 80 people. Yeah, yeah. And so there's where it becomes this special yeah. occasion mm. kind of thing. But that is good, the, though. The sweet, the, the thing that uh, I think, and at, at my table we talked a lot about this, that the orange blossom uh, yes. water yes. Yes. gives yes, this fragrance that... Western palates are not used, used to, to yeah. we didn't at use, all. You do have yeah. to add that as and well. It's, it's spectacular. And I think having uh, it there was one of the places where the, it pulled mm, people, told people's palates yes. uh, in an awesome way. We also yeah. had a mango puree at the bottom, or mango sauce. Mm, mm-hmm. Mango sauce at the bottom. Yeah, of course, you have to have saffron, orange blossom, you know, and just caramelizing the onions, you know. Forever. The almond, for, forever, 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 you know. Yeah. And it's also one of the things that when I was telling her, she's like, so we use this cast iron to make them. She thought that one cast iron would be like maybe for four people, uh-huh. you know, because that's how they will eat. They would eat a huge piece. Not like no, 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 no. Yeah, they was like no, 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 no. Wait. So we're gonna cut it. She's like, she, 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 it's not gonna be enough. I'm like, just wait. You will see. And then at the end, she's like, oh wow. And she asked me, so then, so I can make this and sell this in pieces and make money, because uh-huh. she sees us. Oh okay, yeah, I buy it. I serve more people. <laughs> With that, like, yes, of course, if you build it that way. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, now. And this is sometimes also, that's that's also what I, I, I like to see. I like to see them just knowing that you can take these traditional dishes and serve them in a way that people don't think you can serve them. Right. Because a lot of time when you go to um, ethnic um, restaurant shop, we just serve the food the way we know it. Sure. It's usually family style. That alone is what also limits us sometimes where we don't think that it can be casual or fine dining. Mm-hmm. So we have to branch mm-hmm. out and also learn how to serve this. I was having this conversation with uh, some of the chefs, like I would go up like, you know, you could, if you do it, if, I was just recently in Vegas and also in Denver. I, I always make it a point to go to African restaurant when I'm in, in in the city that I haven't been. Nice. I eat the food, all that kind of thing. We finish and then, and then I, I tell them that I'm a chef also. Mm-hmm. But it's always the same thing. They are set in the way that we used to serve it. Sure. This was beautifully presented, and that's why I didn't want it because the plating was absolutely gorgeous. Well, and and I think um, I think maybe you had said, too, that in the in the traditional presentation, it would be like a, like a pie or a larger yes. uh, uh, pan. And the whole thing would land, right? Yeah. Yes, the yeah. whole thing would land. The whole thing would land. The whole thing at the same time. And then, uh, Chef, I think you had also said when describing this dish, if I recall, because this had that uh, the orange blossom water, which uh, uh, Turkish cuisine has has is quite commonly yep. uses rose water too. The full right? makreb likes yes. their uh, <laughs> rose water, orange blossom water, uh, all of that kind of stuff, and. Uh, it gives a fragrance that is very distinct. I don't really know why that started to be popular, um, 
but I do know that tur- Turkey as well, it, it does, it permeates uh, the marketplace in a way that's delicious mm-hmm. uh, and exciting, but unique. I don't, I don't really know it elsewhere. Uh, I do know that it is relatively hard to find, although there is this uh, website now that I just heard about called Amazon. Where you can oh, yeah. like find all sorts of stuff. Oh, you can is actually that find that in the internet. The internet? There, there oh, is, yeah. There's quite a few shop now yeah. uh, in town where you can find that. Join on Blondo. Where is that? About 84. 84th and Blondo. Yeah, yeah. There's another one on 128th and Center. 84th and Blondo. I think it's just called the Mediterranean Grocer. Yes, I believe. I believe. Is a great place to just go in and walk mm-hmm. around. Yeah. And say, do you guys have squeaky cheese? And then they'll tell you, <laughs> show you all these kinds of cheeses. It's great fun. Jerusalem Grocery is, has a different name. I believe it's new owners, but I think you could also buy, I, I know you could get yes. rose water there, yep. out there for sure. But uh, yeah, and uh, that's I, I think that's one of those ingredients too where you have to have a uh, a measured hand when applying that so you uh, don't uh, end, for up sure. two, <laughs> end up For sure. <laughs> and do not spill it on yourself because it is like, Perfume concentrate. Indeed. Uh, it is, yeah, it is for its aroma and it is uh, bitter uh, to the tongue. To I mean, tongue it yeah. is pretty mm. bitter, but yeah. uh, that's nice against the phyllo, which has got butter between every layer, mm-hmm. the yeah. braised out chicken, the sweetness. Like some bitter in this is great. The orange uh, zest brings that too, but yeah. um, you want to have something that holds that. Orange zest was on the kibbe. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And they had the orange blossoms there, so yeah. And and uh, you know, balancing like you said, all those flavors out, so you're not you know going all the way in one one direction. direction. Yes, indeed. So our uh, our fourth dish from Benin. Yes. Um, aloco. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And we this was the salmon. So we talked about this a little bit yes, earlier. Yes, we did. We did. Plantain, black eyed peas, mayo. No and... moyo, moyo. Oh oh oh. That's, hold on. Yes. Uh, let's let's put on the oh. Thank mo- you. Moyo. Thank you for the correction yeah. there, chef. And Yazi's Yazi spice again. is back. Yes. Okay. So uh, due to my reading faux pas, tell me about moyo. Moyo is um, a, almost a traditional dish in Benin. It's usually just straight roasted tomato, onion, pepper that you just bring together in a mortar. Yeah. Get a fresh fish from the sea. Yeah. And then that's moyo right there for you. you eat that with the Corn meal like a a, a corn fufu. Mm. Oh, okay. so mm-hmm. like are yeah. you poaching the fish over this? No, you will grill. The, you, you will grill the fish. Okay, or you will fry the fish and serve it with this fresh. Yeah, fresh tomato. Tomato, you know, um, you know, delicious. Uh, delicious you know, so, so it's just usually something that's made. Sometimes people don't even cook it on the stove; they just roast it and yeah. then just combine grind it together. It yeah, grind it up together. It's almost like. Um, I think sometimes when you have a, a like a, a, a Spanish food, you know, like from Spain, you find that similar, mm-hmm. you know, st- taste in there, mm. right? I don't know if it's just like a, a country that have a coastal and they use just um, fish a lot. Mm-hmm. The moyo, when you go to Benin, it's like one of the like specific sp- dishes. You can call it moyo in Togo. Moyo comes from Benin, right there. So it's just that simple sauce, you mm-hmm. know, tomato sauce that we serve. So a loco is actually how they call plantain in uh, Ivory Coast. Ah, okay. And again, okay. we're playing with those words. So now in the whole Av- uh, West Africa, we call it a loco, a loco. And I intentionally use words that have meaning in Africa. Sure. Because I want people to connect to the so linguistic. A is the ingredient, is the plantain. A loco is plantain. Got if it. you hear a loco in West Africa, you're talking about plantain. Okay. Usually served with uh, um, 
the yuca uh, couscous. In Spanish it means you crazy. Yeah, loco, right? <laughs> yeah, loco, but he, he, we don't say a loco, right? So a locus plantana, and um, yeah, so that's what we serve with. Uh, this one was like a, a combination between what you call red, red in Ghana, which is the black eyed peas. Uh, dish it's that black is eyed peas, but you call them red red. Yes, they call it red red because I mean? they they use. People pa- complain that English is. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you go to Liberia and then got to call it red red because they use palm oil to make it. Ah, so the that's what the red red so comes from. Red. Yes, it is red. Okay. So they call it red red. So in this case, we didn't do red red, but it's almost like we did a red red and added um, salmon on top of it, and they use mayo instead of using palm oil to make. The sauce. Got it. So all those dishes are very similar. It's just like you took one thing and it's different. And you call it something that's right. And this one, if I recall, had some heat. Yes, this one had the heat <laughs> because this one had a shit on top of it. And we added shit on because usually I always would give you shit on somewhere in my dishes when I'm making it. Because not only because it's an awesome hot sauce, yeah. it's not just the heat, it's the flavor. So this is where we put a little bit of heat on it because usually Moyo has heat. Like uh, pe- grandma would just take like you know habanero like this, just uh-huh. cut it, put it inside of it, and just like cut it, with, you know, because you have the fresh sea, uh, fish, the moyo, and all that kind of thing together. Usually they would just be drinking like you know moonshine. You think they okay. don't add moonshine with spice, but that's what they will do. Yeah, moonshine and spice, <laughs> yeah, good friend. But that's what they will do, like especially men. You know, Power. you will see, like, you know, ladies. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then when you have these tomatoes that are grown organically, this uh, mm-hmm. uh, this onion, these bell peppers, you roast them like they just throw them in a the charcoal like this. Roast them, come together, mix them, salt and pepper, yeah. and then all the spice that they have yeah. with the fish. I'm telling you, chef. Oh, I was there. Man. I, mean, I ate it. Yeah. It, was, it was good. I, I, clean, I cleaned my plate. I'm telling you, like, even the corn, everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I want to just take, like, a, imagine somebody using Native American corn to mm-hmm. make tamale. Mm-hmm. Native American corn to make, you know, that that freshness of the corn. You eat it. You, mm-hmm. you, 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 you Like somebody make corn. fresh tortilla. Yeah. When you eat it, you, that's mm-hmm. the same thing where the feeling comes with the fish and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah, here. yeah. Well, this one, yeah, the 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 heat was good. I, I enjoyed the heat. I want to kind of call this out, too, just because, you know, we've been talking about a lot of food from different countries and things. Yes. It seems that there's this perception of, of some folks when they go try a new cuisine that's from a country that they've never been to, they always think it's spicy. I don't know what the deal is. It's like they're scared of the heat. <laughs> this specific dish, yes, was hot. The other dishes that we had were not spicy right. hot. So I just just want to call that out. Don't like just, yes. just ask the your server or chef about the dish because they're not all spicy. This one was though, and I like yeah, this one. Was, <laughs> and I think sometimes people conf- people um, confuse flavor with spicy or spice right. with spicy. Mm-hmm. Right. As soon as you just say that it has this kind of spice in it. They just think it's spicy. It's not. Right. Yeah. Spicy is different totally than, you know, having some spice in it. Heat and flavor are it's totally different. two different yeah, aspects. Two different aspects, you yeah. know. So that's what that's what really gets out. Because when you say uh, jollof rice, people will be like, is it spicy? I'm like, it doesn't have to be spicy. You can uh, you can make it spicy if you want to. But just because it has cumin, fennel seed, uh, caraway seed, and uh, paprika, it doesn't mean that right. it is spicy. But then again, it's an education component, right? We got to... Educate people about that, right. so people just don't know. Right. That's what well, we're also. missing. Uh, right, our vocabulary doesn't support the physiology here. Right, the, mm. the things that we call spices, right, spicy. are, we think are spicy, mm-hmm. but mm. really the sensation we have of spicy is a is a pain reaction to a chemical compound capsaicin, right, 
that isn't present in all those things that Chef was just <laughs> listing, right? Yes. It's not in cinnamon. It's not in fennel. It's not in cumin. It's yes. not in any of those things. What we need is a different word for that painful sensation mm-hmm. of spiciness, right? Spicy is not a taste mm-hmm. sensation. It is a texture sensation. And if we can come up with a better word there, and I was hoping that this segment would lead me to have one, but yeah, I don't really have one. I was waiting one. for the word. <laughs> hey, you're going to have I'm a I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. come to you. We're still here. I mean, <laughs> tongue ouchies. I don't right. know. <laughs> Whatever. Like, it, you know, it's it's painful. That's the that's the point, right? That it, it causes us pain. It's why you can feel spicy other places than your tongue. Mm. Right? Things that we taste only happen on our tongue. Yeah. So spicy happens elsewhere. Yes. But spices aren't all spicy. And that's where the language is letting us down. We need another way to refer to spicy. And, you know, maybe I should just dig into some of the better, more contemporary writing on the subject. I'm sure there's something uh, in there that proposes uh, something. But I'm sure you'll find it. It needs to be there. I know. We're going to have to call it like the lamb level or the prickly level or something. I don't know. Prickly. Yeah. I'll stand for prickly, although prickly prickly might be a... That could be a turnoff too, I right? Don't, I don't know. Know. Yeah, but spicy is a turnoff True. to some people. Yes, in a way that cumin or fennel should not turn them off. Mm-hmm. It's not this, like uh, people can be turned off by those things. I don't want to uh, cast assumptions of what people can like or not. But <laughs> spicy isn't the thing that will get them in that moment. Spices <laughs> or spicy, when it comes to cultural African cuisine, is delicious. Delicious. Yes, and. The level of spices mm-hmm. in much of what you served uh, the other night is higher than we're used to in the kind of northern European yes. palate that is prevalent in the middle of the United States. Yes. And so yes. that piece of – I remember Chef Solberg telling me yeah. one time that he can tell if there's – two coriander seeds in the brine for his smoked salmon. Wow. <laughs> right? Like, wow. that we're just, yep. we're delicate little yes. flowers yes. Yes. Uh, from the northern Europe, which is what makes up a huge piece of the population and the kind of culture and flavor history of our uh, part of the world. And so this is uh, shocking to uh, folks in a way that's spectacular. Yes. But I get it. It's shocking. Yes. It's shocking. Yes. So our fifth course from Sudan. Yes. Camonia. Exactly. Uh, awesome. That's a good word. Yes. Thank you. So <laughs> this was the not small dish. This generated the most to-go boxes. Yes. Not due to the fact that uh, people were like, ah, it was because there was so much. Yep. Um, so camonia, lamb, basmati, cashew, carrots, and Peas. Yes. So, uh, Chef Jamil, uh, tell me a little bit about this thing. Besides that, this was a giant bone-in like shank of lamb. Exactly. This this <laughs> this a braised uh, lamb uh, dish, and kamunia is just um, tomato sauce, right? Yeah. But um, cooked tomato stew, right? I will say. Mm-hmm. But in uh, Sudan, they will use uh, cinnamon mm. and a different kind of spice to make that. Mm-hmm. If I were to make that in West Africa, I wouldn't use the cinnamon. It will be the same thing, but I will not use cinnamon. What, what right? would be used in West Africa? It's the same spice without the cinnamon. Oh, in just it. minus the cinnamon. Minus the cinnamon. Ah, okay. Right? So think about doing a um, cocoa vin, uh-huh. but really you're not using chicken right here, using, you know, um, you're braising lamb. Okay. And mm-hmm. you were just, just using typical Sudanese spice. Yeah. And they make the rice with the basmati and add some nuts in it. The cashew comes in, the carrot, the peas comes in it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was, we couldn't get smaller 
version or smaller portion of Lem Shank. Yeah. And we knew this was going to be a huge one, but it was braised slowly mm, and yeah. this broth and all that kind of thing, delicious with all the spice Tenders in it, you know. Yeah. I took yeah. none home. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no. should finish it all. No. A lot of people finish I, it all. You know too, mean, but... People need to train. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it was like six costs only. It's not like a lot, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the, the, lamb was, the lamb was big enough and then, you yes. know, and uh, uh, I just felt like, it, I think if it was a five course, it would have been great. But yeah. we added the six last minute. Uh-huh. It also people felt like they were full, right? It's like, okay, you know, like, maybe we should have charged more for this. Not 80 bucks, right? Well, I agree. We <laughs> should charge more. We should have charged more for this, but people came for the experience. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, it was definitely, you know, uh, um, a, a good one as well. So, Kamunia, uh, by just saying Kamunia, you're talking about Sudan. That's just what it is. Gotcha. By just saying Kamunia, you're talking about Sudan, but Everything here is the same thing. If chef were to make this with a uh, just lamb shank and then made a, a used a uh, uh, brazen liquid to make uh, a sauce a puree mm-hmm. and just made some rice with cashew and carrots and peas, we would not be calling Kamunia. Wow! He can wow. name it anything as he wants, but yeah. still, he's just making a dish that is relevant everywhere. Well, yeah, and I mean that's the thing too. Like you know, if you just said, "Hey, I'm making a dish with lamb, rice, cashew, carrot, and peas," be like, "Okay," you yeah. know. So like, hey. You know, folks, you've eaten these things, so you yes. know, give, give these things a try. So. Yeah, so it would be difficult to make that smaller and keep that bone in structure yes. that you had. You would have had to, you know, yes. disassemble it. Whole different dish. Yes. yes, it was. It was gonna be smoked brisket or braised lamb shank. You know, and I'm telling you, when we made, wow. I've made the braised brisket, you know, before, and then it was totally something else. I'm telling you, and with African spice and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, we have to do that another day, chef. Uh, you know? So that's yeah, chef. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. So that was the last savory dish yes. that, that we had, and we finished the evening with a dessert from Jordan. Yes, and so kashkash. Yep, awesome. Cream cheese, cream, yep. mm-hmm. crackers, sugar, vanilla extract, yes. and so this came out in a smaller uh, little little Cups. glass. Yes, little, glass, mm-hmm. tiny little glass. Perfect. Yes, yeah. a parfait. Thank you, and parfait. and layered uh, with the the crackers and other ingredients as mentioned. Um, sweet because of those ingredients, but also salty because of the crackers. What do um, you think about that, chef? Did you? Because I've never heard of it. I've never tried it, but this does have vermicelli in it, as pasta in it also. Oh, that's right. Was Can it a toasted? That? Was it like a yeah, toasted vermicelli? Roasted, yep, it was toasted vermicelli. Ah, yes. I was like, when they told me, I was like, okay, well, I was going for another dessert. But they're uh-huh. like, no, she's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's do this. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but yet it's delicious. You yeah, know, I didn't, I didn't, I never thought about using vermicelli in a dessert. But it came out and, you know, and honestly, so I'm like, okay, you know, when you build it yeah. and then you let it set, it's great. You know, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to try one. Oh, you didn't get, you I didn't know. get a chance to try when it was all gone. I had two. <laughs> you had two? After the lamb, you had two. After the lamb, which I finished, <laughs> they gave me a small piece. Though. They gave me a small piece. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I want to do that again, and I want to make I want to make sure that, you know, I have this, you know, because uh, I was like... Salt, so to listen to Chef Curtis at school talk yes. about the importance of salt in pastry, mm. like, it's almost in every lesson that she gives because mm-hmm. we think that salt is something that enhances savoriness but really it is something that allows us to taste Mm -hmm. and so the presence of it in something that's got elevated sweetness but really has a lot of richness in it too right a lot of savory in here that uh, right cream cheese is 
more savory yes. than it is sweet. Yeah. Right. And so the presence of salt is just going to turn that into like a really intense taste experience when mm-hmm. uh, you get it all mingling on your tongue. And th- that really was the, the beautiful thing about it. It was kind of, um, I, I would say it's the place you deviated the most from the elegance of the rest of the menu. Agreed. Because it's got crackers and fun to right, it. Right, right. In a way that was lighthearted, yes. um, but wasn't as refined as the other things. But I actually think made it feel more comfortable, familiar, approachable mm-hmm. in a way that was fantastic. And like I said, I really did eat too. That's awesome. I didn't know I was eating Jamil, so I feel <laughs> no, bad. Okay. <laughs> but it's I did. Okay. I went in the back to be like, oh, everybody, congratulations. And there was a few sitting there. And I was like, oh, wow. They won't miss this one. <laughs> I, so, think, I think you got the last kibbeh too, didn't you? I did take a yep. kibbeh from the back, but I gave it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, to be okay. fair. No, he didn't. I saw some... I think uh, Nancy got some kibbeh yeah. to go home, and other folks got some kibbeh also yeah. oh, to right. go home, you know. But it was awesome, you know. I, I'm glad it's one of our, you know, with Capstone, but this was, like, great. You know, I, I I was part of the menu, the way it came out, you know, and then next one will also be great. Chef, I'm so happy to hear you say that there were so many things on this that you hadn't eaten yes. before this process. Yes. Mm. Because I'm a believer that that really is the thing we are supposed to show students yes. is how to discover the things you're not yet comfortable with. Yes. Mm. And that's very hard when you're the person in the white coat and they're like, well, of course you like it. You're a fancy mm-hmm. person. That was my Jordanian accent. <laughs> <laughs> and it needs a little work. A little, a little, work. Bit, little bit more, more uh, Arabic touch. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll work on that off there, I guess. But. Uh, there's a great joy in that as a teacher, like that it's mm. that you don't restrict yourself to the things you're expert at. You're willing to say, teach me, show me. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know about this. And yes. I think that is a very disarming position for these women to be in as yes. they're trying to learn uh, how to be here and become comfortable and learn how to cook professionally and all of those things. So bravo there. Thank you, Chef. Appreciate that. Thank you. There's a book that I I like by uh, John Maxwell called The Five Levels of Leadership. And the lowest level of leadership on the the totem pole, if you will, on the the structure is just basically you're the boss. I tell you what to do. I'm I'm the boss. Yeah. Um, And then your your second level is connection with, with your staff, with people. Your third level of leadership is demonstrating that you you can produce, that you can do something as as a leader. And the fourth level is that you are able to train leaders. The last, the fifth level, is training leaders who train leaders who train leaders. Yes. So it's this this architecture. So Chef Brian O'Malley, you're sitting here with a, a student, right? Chef mm-hmm. Jamil Batraore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who then now has had 10 and more yes. for this meal, uh, 10 chefs uh, working with you, learning. So I'll start with Chef Brian O'Malley. How does that make you feel to see a student that you have helped grow, then grow others and watch the, the branches <laughs> of the tree and the roots flourish? From that perspective, it, it is flattering but I don't know if I feel it from that perspective in the same way. I mean, Jamil's currently in our Applied Leadership Academy at MCC, mm, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a spectacular 
uh, collaborative professional development experience for industry professionals. There's mm-hmm. my plug, I promised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it, it really is an amazing uh, cohort of people, but it is collaborative. Like the same way he's putting together this group of ladies that he expects to learn from, mm-hmm. I, I've always approached the classroom that way. And I, I don't mean to say that like other ways to do it are not spectacular and people don't grow immensely there. Sure. I'm just more selfish. <laughs> like I love those things because of what I can grow, how I can grow in them. Sure. Um, and so to see that he's doing that same thing is super cool, but I don't think it's any like special, like hand me down tradition. <laughs> I think it's a way of approach that he showed up at MCC with when I met him uh-huh. and is continuing to do it. Um, and I, I think that Jamil is not alone amongst students that that is their way to learn is to mm-hmm. create environments in which other people have to show them how to do things uh, is a marvelous. And it just like I hope that if those 10 ladies also see that as a way to learn and then that exponentially starts to get uh, better, it means they're going to turn around to a, an immigrant from a part of the world they're not familiar with. And when that person says, this is a bon me, they're going to say, tell me more. Yeah. Instead of, ugh, I've oh, never seen me. that before. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because I see that happening the other night as well, is that uh, these women who are in a foreign place and have to feel overwhelmed by it. It's like the ninth time I've used the word overwhelmed. It's the theme today. But if they're, if they're here feeling this connected to the culture they came from, yeah. it means they're not yet feeling connected to the culture they've landed in. Mm. And that's got to be frightening. Mm-hmm. Like entering the deep end of the pool through yes. the drain. To drain. Right? <laughs> it's hard. Yes. And so for them to be able to pull it off because they have somebody standing next to them saying, show me, tell me, yeah, teach me about where you're from. If that's the example it gives them about how to talk to their kids about what school lunch is like mm. or talk to like that that kid shows up for school lunch who's from Jordan. Right. I don't know the Jordanian school lunch program, but I bet it's pretty different. <laughs> yes. Right. It's that openness mm. that is what I think the best piece of America that there is a willingness to let the world wash over us and grow from it. Mm-hmm. If that's what a new immigrant to this country can also learn, mm-hmm. that my kid's going to go eat school lunch too, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully the school lunch will get better because of their presence, but hopefully they'll feel like they're part of here mm-hmm. because they can be open to whatever lands in front of them for school lunch. Yeah. Like both things... Yes happen in a way that's beautiful. I mean, I'm not a sociologist and I'm pontificating like I am, but <laughs> like that is a magnificent opportunity that comes when you're an open-hearted learner. Yeah. And that's what those 10 women got to see out of chef. And yeah. It's wow. beautiful. Wow. Thank you. And we've had uh between our cohort by now about 50 graduates throughout 50 now. A 50 year throughout both program, the Immigrant Culinary Integration and the African Culinary Academy. Wow. You know, so um, to me, you know, Chef Brown will tell you when I came to MCC, I was really past. I was I was one of the oldest in the class, you know, because I've left the profession, and uh, I wanted to just always be a chef, but I didn't know what to do. And I saw mm-hmm. a commercial on TV, 
like it's, it was here all along <laughs> and I didn't even know right here I thought I had to, yeah right here <laughs> I thought I was about to go to Chicago or New York and stuff like that and I couldn't leave my family right so, here in River City yeah <laughs> you know so um, uh, Chef Brian was my uh, teacher in the orientation 101 you know and then since then it's been now uh, uh, a journey so yeah uh, I don't think I did great you know and I tried to be on the one thing that I wasn't able to do that I wanted to really really do was the uh, uh, the the team you know mm-hmm. but that didn't work out you know because of all the other things but yeah it's been great to learn from Metro and then you know I'm proud to say that you know I went to Metro because it's a great program mm-hmm. that kind of changed everything and then uh, I'm even more humble now that when I came back and then I wanted to go to uh, Chef and asked him to be on our advisory board, he didn't hesitate. He didn't say, no, I don't want it, you know. This idea to just start this, you know, sometimes I ask myself, why me? How did it come to me? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I this dear to me? You know, yes, it's from lived experience, but, and you have to ask yourself, what can you do? Chef Ryan does a lot for MCC, right? So I wanted to try to find my path to make a mark and then mm-hmm. I just... You know, I'm lucky, I guess, to have had this inspiration and then want to be on this path. And uh, like you just said right now, I want that Georgian kid, that Iraqi kid, that Benin kid, one day to go to lunch and then maybe they, for, uh, they offer him red red or yeah. Kamunia yeah. or Jolof, yeah. right? That's how, because I'm a firm believer that if a third grader or first grader can know and taste Kamunia, they will have a different conversation with their classmates. Mm-hmm. By the time they get to seventh grade, they will know more about them because they will know them because food led them to that place. Yeah. And then in this con- in this in this uh, region rather or city, I believe that we are so diverse when it come we talk about the population that we have and mm-hmm. how we're growing. But the only thing that I see for me is that barrier when it comes to food that has to change a little bit. So I'm trying to do my part to change that. So all this thing we're talking about yeah. happens. So. It the humbles you're me. talking about the barrier yeah. you're talking about food helps get Break over down. yes like the barrier yes. is about actually being open hearted to each other yes yes yeah. indeed food is the way to get to that to get there yes. I see it yeah. yes. all and the then, time and then that's what we want to do we want we want to all our action all our goal uh, programs I aim to one teach those current chefs that we're teaching right now mm-hmm. to teach the community now, we might be teaching the sh- future chef right now, but I want the community to come and learn about Kamonia. Mm-hmm. I want the community to come and learn about the Kash Kash. I'm, I'm yeah. with you that you yeah. want them to learn it, but you really want them to taste it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we they taste it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, of course. That yes. ultimately, yeah. delicious is going to win. Yes, of course. Right? That when they try Jalaf rice, yes, that's the best or part. Shakshuka, right? yes. Or any of these things, then, like, all of the prejudice melts away. Yes, it does. Because delicious wins. The, the, delicious. You're right about that, Chef. Wins. And that's really the, the key thing about it. So when we're talking about learning about it, we're really talking about tasting component. Mm-hmm. They have to eat it. We just, That's the education part where, that's why we have this thing called Eat Talk Africa series where with my friend, friend Jade Roger, we want to start where people come and taste the food and also have education component to it. Mm-hmm. That alone is what does the work. I mean, everything that we do, honestly, Capstone is where we really, we don't say anything. Foods win, delicious win, like she was mm-hmm. saying, you know. So that's 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 the whole point, you know. To me, it's, it's a humble, you know, uh, opportunity, and then uh, I just want to be able to do more of it. I want to be able to uh, teach more, bring more, and then normalize this thing. It's just it's not normalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we can feel 
that room or any other room 80 at a time and do it 10, 20 times, our work will become easier. Mm-hmm. And especially right. if those chefs can also go along and then be able to help more, you know. Well, so. yeah, you, you have a, a multiplier effect. So I think you said about 80 people or so in in the room, give or take a little bit, or do we? Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, that, that last, the last one was about 90 at Voltaire. 90. Okay. This one was uh, 80. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then you've had, and you've had 50 graduates through the, the program so far. So, mm-hmm. far. so there's, you know, multiple, multiple people. And then at each individual table, you had connections that were made. Yes. I, I yes. was a solo diner. So everyone that I met at my table were, were brand new faces and, mm-hmm. and people from different walks of life and, and areas and things. So that was wonderful. We had a shared experience over food that probably most of us had not had before. I don't know how many people that I've, I've talked to about this. I was like, what, you know, here's an opportunity of, of trying something different. Here was, here was this food. Um, and so there's a expanse that, that is coming out from each of those individual tables as yes. everybody left. And went out into the cold temperatures, but with warm hearts and very full tummies. Um, and, you know, they're going to talk to friends. And if people see mm-hmm. this food on a menu somewhere, they might just go seek it out. Or maybe even without seeing it on a menu, like, where can I find these things? We're getting calls already. Um, yeah. And, and, We're getting and, calls. <laughs> people asking me, are you open? Are you open? <laughs> yeah. It's it's wonderful. and. I, I love delicious wins, and you're finding that common touchstone because if somebody grabs a fork or a spoon or their hands or whatever and grabs a bite of something and you see their eyes close and they just kind of go, mm, or stare off under the distance because they're, <laughs> they've got some transcendent taste experience yep. happening, that literally life-changing. Yes. I, I mean, smell is a good invoker of memory, but I think taste is is right there too and transports you to a place and a time and an experience and it's such a beautiful human thing to break bread or share some kibbeh together <laughs> yes some, some kibbeh together right. kibbeh. kibbeh yep we have to do kibbeh again yes yeah. have to have to and then when it's at every uh, stadium instead of the t-shirt gun we need the, the kibbeh launcher a kibbeh launcher <laughs> that might actually yeah. cause some trouble yeah. <laughs> hurt some people I'm willing to take that risk yep. uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as as we kind of wind it down here, yes. um, I, I guess any other uh, nuggets or notes that that you guys would like to like to share about um, this meal or anything mm-hmm. in general before we, I'll let you have the last word. I just want to say, yes. thanks for elevating this voice too. Oh, it's an oh, important part of the process too, man. Yeah. It's it's wonderful, and I, I hope that people that listen to this conversation, if there is joy around this recording table talking about the the food table and and this show has allowed me to connect with with both of you gentlemen i'm blessed through the through the food that i've experienced um via you both um and the conversation and it's it's just wonderful i just want to let chef brian say you know thank you for elevating this thanks chef brian for being on our side and it's tell folks that this is just the beginning right we're gonna have more opportunity than this and it's not about just um, Chef Jamil or these 10 ladies mm. you know if you feel compelled go out there try all those minority uh, restaurants mm-hmm. and then you know give them a, a try and see what they can offer and um, two tries yeah two tries right yeah right. you know first time the, yeah you're right but I'm hoping that the first time will get you to, you know, to go back to the second time and as of us you know Hasselbaugh Foundation you support us you know we're going to have more uh, capsule coming you know read about us you know to see what we're doing and um what I'm going to do, I know a lot of people have asked for how they can have this experience, right? So uh, we are going to give people an opportunity to either buy dinners, you mm-hmm. know, 
And uh, mm. they can do this in a form of donation because we're a 501c yeah, uh, nonprofit. They so. can also claim this on the taxes. You can buy something where, you know, you can pay or donate to uh, us and we can recreate this menu at your house. We can do a five-course meal. You know, we could do for 10, for eight, for whatever it is. So we're going to be putting some auctions on our website. Okay. So people can kind of just like, if they want to support a nonprofit, support these ladies and also taste this, mm-hmm. they don't have to come. We can come and do this. Kind of kind of what you cool. do uh, when you go to other events in town, you know. Yeah. And I'll finish with this on one last request if our uh, 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 listener uh, uh, um, want to do something great or something dear to me right now. One of the girls that uh, were in our um, uh, program, her name is Rukaya. She was a graduate from a previous cohort. We brought her back uh, as a translator mm. and also as a culinary assistant in this program. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a capstone on Friday, and then her father passed away on uh, mm. Sunday. Oh, no. You know, she's 16 years old, uh, old of age, oh, and they are the owner of Zetuna. Oh, Zetuna. yeah. So if you are out uh, there and then you like, yeah, in the rail, yeah. So go out and support Zetuna if you can. Mm. Um, the owner of Zetuna passed. Now his kids are out there doing this. Wow. So um, it was sad because the last time I so that was Thursday when he was speaking to Rukaya app because we were prepping. Yeah. And then now to hear that he passed away on Sunday was really, really a shocking moment. Oh, but goodness. it's life. We understand. You yeah. know, so if you can go out there, support the tuna right now in the inner rail, in Axdraven, you know, uh, and then uh, give them a try, you know, give them support. Let them know that it's, it's great food from Syria. It's, it's you know, uh, um, something that, you know, you will love. You know, I've in in myself several times, but. Right now, beyond just us, supposed tuna. In Omaha, there isn't a central culinary hub where everything sits. So go out and and find some things. Maybe subscribe to our podcast. We try to kind of highlight um, some places like that. Did you know you can get a Burmese tea leaf salad in Omaha? Not you sure can. Did you know you can get food from Nepal in Omaha, from Syria, from Ethiopia? Ethiopia yes. We have a, a very diverse... Uh, selection of food here, but sometimes you gotta go, gotta go find it. Now, yes. the nice part is with the Interrail Food Hall, if you want Syrian food, that one's you know pretty yes. common food hub there, so uh, you can get some different flavors there as well. But uh, it's a wonderful city, and uh, both of you, Chef Jamil Batraoy and Chef Brian O'Malley, are, are making this city better through your efforts. And I, I kid you not, every time I talk to you both, the the heart is evident. Um, in your voices, in your description, in your love of both food and humans, people. And I appreciate you both very, very much. It's an honor to be here. Same here. It's an honor. You know, it's an honor to even be in both of you guys' presence, you know, because I I just think I'm still on my journey. And to be able to have, you know, come on your show, have, you know, Chef Brian O'Malley, uh, to be part of anything that I do, to me, it's just like, you know, hey, I'm lucky. That's wonderful. We're all on different journeys. People are on different journeys, and and uh, it's nice to be have a common journey together. And uh, I I love delicious wins. That that sounds <laughs> my goodness. That's indeed perfect. Well, as we say on this show, until we eat again, stay hungry. See ya. Bye. Our show is recorded and produced by Saturday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email. SaturdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. <laughs>